Welcome to the Kingdom Crossroads Podcast with Pastor Robert Thibodeau. Using an interview format, Pastor Bob will introduce you to men and women whose ministries are impacting this world with the gospel and will also provide commentary and insight on end-time prophetic events we now see happening in the news. Now here is Pastor Robert Thibodeau. Hello everyone everywhere, this is Pastor Robert Thibodeau and I want to welcome you to the Kingdom Crossroads podcast today. Let me ask you this, where do you see yourself on the prophetic timeline right now? Do you believe that we are close to the Lord's soon return? Do you believe that the end is near? Do you believe things are going along just as they always have and just as they always will? Well, my guest today is going to share some insights to the correct answer to some of those questions and others as it concerns Bible prophecy in the end times. If you're a student of Bible prophecy, you should have seen the television program Christ in Prophecy with Dr. David Reagan at some point in time. Christ in Prophecy is also heard twice per day on our radio station, Evangelism Radio. You know, when the station first aired, way back in October 2010, I reached out probably within the first couple of weeks asking permission to air Christ in Prophecy on our radio station, and I received a reply back within a day or so granting permission to do so. And Christ in Prophecy has been on every single day for the last nine years. My guest today is the co-host of that program, Nathan Jones. Nathan is the web minister and internet evangelist for Lamb and Lion Ministries, the ministry that sponsors the Christ in Prophecy program. Nathan's online almost every single day responding to inquiries and having discussions with people from all over the world concerning the Lord and, of course, Bible prophecy. Nathan is a graduate of the Philadelphia Biblical University, attended the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary, received a master's degree in management and leadership from Liberty University. In addition to co-hosting Christ and Prophecy, Nathan helps to develop the Lamb and Lion Ministries website at ChristandProphecy.org, as well as the Christ and Prophecy Facebook group. He produces Bible teaching videos, which are quite good, I might add. Speaks at Bible conferences around the nation and is the author of a few books, one of which is an awesome resource that I've used in my preaching sermons, The Twelve Faith Journeys of the Minor Prophets. A link to that book will be available in the show notes below. It is estimated that over 3 billion people have access to the internet, and Nathan is right there to help them understand Bible prophecy and answer their questions about the Lord. Nathan's married, the father of three children, and he's here with us today. Help me welcome to the program, Nathan Jones. Nathan, thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule to join us today. Well, Pastor Bob, it's my pleasure. I I love that you uh, are so connected to our ministry, Lamb and Lion Ministries, and that you love the Lord and you love His soon return. And so we share the same passion, because uh, the mission of Lamb and Lion Ministries is to proclaim the soon return of Jesus Christ, and we firmly believe that the signs of the times indicate that Jesus Christ is returning soon. And, brother, we share the same passion. Amen, amen. Like-minded believers, man, I love it. Yeah. Nathan, yeah. I always start with this question right off the gate. Other than that short bio I just read, tell us in your own words, who is Nathan Jones? Who is Nathan Jones? Well, hopefully a humble servant of the Lord, as we all should be, amen. right? Uh, That's right. But uh, I am the uh, Internet Evangelist for Lamb and Lion Ministries, so we have three evangelists, including our own Dr. David Reagan, who's the founder and director, and our associate evangelist, Tim Moore. And so I'm the third member of that evangelism team. And uh, my job, like you said, is not only co-host of our television show, Christ and Prophecy, which is now in its 17th season and has aired on all the major Christian networks all over the world, praise the Lord, uh, but I focus more on the audience that can be reached through the Internet, and increasingly mm-hmm. 
like you said, 3 billion-plus people and more continue to have access to the Internet and through language translation software. We built our own Tower of Babel, so to speak. Amen. Uh, but the Lord has given us that communication tool to reach people for yeah. Jesus Christ. And like you, you know, you podcast, I podcast uh, mm-hmm. with another pastor on a podcast weekly called The Truth Will Set You Free, and we want to reach people for Jesus Christ. We want to share the gospel, and we also want to get them excited that Jesus Christ is coming soon. Yeah, amen. And, you know, people ask, you know, well, the Internet, isn't that, like, evil, you know, all this bad stuff out there? Well, yeah, because you gave it up. You have to get in there to take it back, you know? Absolutely. Well, I'd like to think of the Internet as a city. You've got good sections of the city. You've got bad sections of the city. You stay away from the bad sections, but there's a lot of good. Uh, I believe firmly that the Lord has given us this communication piece to reach more people than we ever have before. Matter of fact, Billy Graham in his last crusade said through online media he reached more people in that one crusade than all the crusades before that one. So that wow. we live in clearly a time that the Lord wants to get the gospel out. Yeah. When I'm talking to pastors about the radio station, you know, they'll ask me, well, why should I do something like this? And I'll use the example of, you know, 100 years ago, if you wanted to go and uh, do an outreach in, you know, Kenya, it would take you two months to travel there, you know, six months to prep, two months to travel there. You get over there, you just didn't want to do three or four days meeting, get on the boat to come back. So you'd stay there six months to a year, you know, and then come back. It'd take two years out of your life. And you hope yeah. and pray that the work you did there would continue because, you know, you might not go back for 10 years. And so then, you know, with the steamship, you get over there in a couple of weeks. And then with airplanes, yeah. wow, that was outstanding. You get over there in a couple of days, you know, and, and do what you need to do and get back. With the Internet, you can talk from your bedroom in your pajamas to missionaries or whoever you're trying to reach over there in Africa every week. And, you know, it's just cost-effective. It is effective, especially if you're doing video. You can be right there with it. I wouldn't be in my pajamas, but, uh, you know, you'd be on (laughs) video. (laughs) Oh, some of the best contacts I have are, like, people who are in countries that are closed off from the gospel. We all have Muslims that say, if if anyone knew I was talking to you, they would kill me. And, you know, that's how the gospel is getting into places where it's never gotten before. And uh, so it's a great time to be alive, brother. I mean, it's Amen. obviously right. a perilous time to be alive, but uh, mm-hmm. it's a great time as well because the yeah. gospel's getting out like no time in history, and, and God's doing that for a purpose, yeah. to get us ready for his soon return. And he's coming soon. Amen. Yeah. One-third of our radio audience is from Muslim nations. And, uh, really? Wow. I, yeah, I asked the Lord about that. I, when I first seen these, you know, this trend going, it, it was back, remember several years ago when they were talking about, you know, Muslim hit teams are infiltrating the southern border and all this stuff? And it was right about that time frame. And I asked the Lord, I said, is this something that I need to be concerned with? And he said, no. He said, I've got believers in Muslim nations. He said, they, they have to live outwardly in order to survive in that society. But when they get behind closed doors... They're on the internet, and your station's ministering to them. And like, but it's an English-speaking station. And he goes, English is a second language in most nations of the world. You know, I'm like, uh-huh. okay, that makes sense. All right, so yeah, about a third. We even have listeners get it in Iran, and that's wow. yeah, well, not many, Man. but there's some there. And, uh, well, praise the Lord, praise yeah. the Lord. So, amen. How long have you been with Lamb and Lion Ministries? This is my twelfth year. 
12 years. Amen. So you were probably the one who responded to my request to broadcast your programs on the radio station. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, One of my roles here at Lamb and Lion Ministries is also to answer all the Bible questions that come in, uh, questions that deal with media and things like that. Obviously, Mm -hmm. we have someone who's in reception that handles uh, phone calls and general questions. But yeah, part of my pulpit, you could say, is the Internet, and that also includes answering all the Bible questions that come in not just through email, but through our social media and uh, all our other avenues of getting the gospel out. Amen. How did you get involved with Lamb and Lion Ministries? Well, it's a little bit of a long story. I went, like you said, to Bible school at Philadelphia Biblical University, and my wife and I were uh, missions majors. And so after college, I went to work at a mission board called UFM International for two years, and we were going to be sent to Brazil to work with street children. And uh, about two years in, the candidate director came to me and said, you know, I think you need some real-world experience before you do that. Why don't you go get some real-world experience? Well, so I left the ministry, and I went looking for a job, and it became apparently evident that a Bible degree does not get one a real-world job. (laughs) So I had to go back to school. I went to tech school. This was the mid-'90s, and the Internet was really taking off at the time. And so I started with programming and Internet development, and I just blossomed into a career. I worked for a large ISP, uh, building big websites up and down the East Coast. But I kept being like, Lord, you know, I'm so far from the mission field. Why why is that? And uh, so I started looking online, which now they were starting to post jobs online. I found a large megachurch in Kentucky called Southeast Christian Church that was looking for someone to build their website for them. So my wife and I moved to Kentucky, and uh, for six years I worked at Southeast, uh, building their website, but I could never convince the leadership that their website could be more than just something that serviced their membership, but could Mm -hmm. reach outside the walls and evangelize the world. We had then, at that time, Dr. David Reagan would come up to the church once for a four-week series and preach. And we had a 91-seat sanctuary, and only Max Licato and Dave Reagan would ever fill it. (laughs) I'm like, this guy is an amazing preacher. Well, one of Dr. Reagan's good friends was in a Bible study with me that we went to every week. He says, you know what? Dr. Reagan is trying to turn his website into a web ministry. Lo and behold, he connected us. I was brought down to Texas to interview, and that was back in 2007. And ever since then, I have now have a mission field like I couldn't have imagined back in my college years. I am now getting to evangelize the mission field of the Internet and of television. And so it just blows my mind how the Lord (laughs) leads us in certain directions, just like your story, Pastor Bob, with how he's led you into this international uh, radio and podcast. The, The Lord has plans to get the gospel out. We just don't yes, know how, sir. where he leads us at times. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, I asked the Lord, you know, he, the Lord is, he has such a sense of humor and he yeah. can keep you <laughs> humble without really embarrassing you all at the same time. You know, when our radio station started exploding and we were being ranked number one in the world and, and all that, I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, why? Why me? Why did you pick me to do this? And his response was, you weren't the first one I called. You're just the first one to obey. <laughs> wow. I mean, I wasn't his first choice, but at least I obeyed and did what he wanted so he could bless it, you know. But as That's I say, what he's always looking for, obedient <laughs> souls, right? But I still chuckle because, you know, it's like, you know, I wasn't your first choice. <laughs> <laughs> There's a human nature there, right? Yeah. <laughs> hey, when I graduated, I, I went to uh, Jerry Savelle's Heritage of Faith Bible School back in 1999, and I became familiar with Christ and Prophecy about that time as well. 
And I don't make it back as often as I want. I'd like to go back every year. But uh, I remember a few years ago, I, think I told you this off the air, uh, I was back near McKinney, Texas. I was staying with some friends about 20 minutes away. And I reached out, asked if I could stop by your ministry and take a look around and meet you and get some pictures. And, and I was surprised when you texted me back about 10 minutes later. You know, and Unfortunately, you said you were at another prophecy conference not in the area at that time. But, uh, you know, folks, Nathan does respond when you reach out through their website. And he, he will respond to your questions and stuff. So his ministry is awesome. Uh, he's online, like I said, just about every day. I'm sure there's a few days going on that, you know, he's doing other things. But uh, he'll, he'll get back to you. Now, well, that's the beauty of the Internet. It runs 24-7. So when yeah, you right. post anything or, or put an article up or a video or whatnot, it's ministering to people 24-7. So you can yeah. actually not be in the office and still be that's ministering right. to people. Amen. That's right. Now, before I get into some prophecy questions, I want to talk about a big transition that was has just been announced at the time of this recording uh, about Lamb and Lion Ministries and Dr. Reagan. Tell us about this transition that's about to take place. Well, Dr. Reagan founded the ministry in 1980. Uh, he'd already been a professor for most of his, half his life. He was in his 40s at the time. And uh, now he's in his 80s. And uh, he is just as energetic and passionate about proclaiming the soon return of Jesus Christ, but he feels like the Lord is calling him to write. He is a prolific writer. I think he's written out 15 books. And he runs our magazine, The Lamplighter. And he, he just wants to write and leave the day-to-day -day activities of the ministry and the growth of the ministry to a future leader. And so we've had on our board and on our associate evangelism team uh, Colonel Tim Moore, who is a representative in the Kentucky State Legislature. And Colonel Moore has uh, accepted the offer to take over the ministry and lead it about two years from now. Now, that people worry that Dr. Reagan's going to disappear from the scene. Uh, no, he's going to continue to write books and he'll continue to guest on Christ and Prophecy. But Tim and I will continue uh, Christ and Prophecy, so we're not canceling the show or anything like that. And we'll continue to reach out to re people all over the world and find new ways of reaching out to people Amen. and connect them to Jesus Christ and get them excited about the Lord's return. So that's a transition our ministry is in the middle of now, and it's been a very prayed-over transition, and it's been a very blessed transition, and we're looking forward to it. Of course, we'll miss seeing Dr. Egan here the day-to-day, -day, but... Mm -hmm. uh, we're looking forward to Tim uh, as the next two years moving from Kentucky down to Texas and uh, continuing on doing what Lamb and Lion Ministries does. Amen. So it'll be you and Tim mainly doing the television program with Dr. Reagan uh, coming in as like a guest host every now and then. Right. Uh, especially every time Dr. Reagan writes a book and this man mm -hmm. is... Such a prolific writer, he can <laughs> write a book in a month or two of debate. So every time he writes a book, we'll bring him on and we'll interview him about the book. Of course, I, I write, like you said, I've got the 12 Faith Journeys of the Minor mm -hmm. Prophets, and my The Mighty Angels of Revelation has been completed. I just yeah. get, need to get it published. Amen. And uh, we'll, we'll see what Tim wants to do about that. Uh, Tim leads our trips to Israel. So, mm -hmm. yeah, the ministry continues on, it, Amen. It, as it should, right? It should That's outlive. Right. Us. We're just, right. like you said, called, and we're meant to pass it on to other people. Amen. Well, let's talk about the soon return of Jesus. Amen? So, Amen. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask this question just to get it out there. Okay, And after you answer, I'll give my summary statement as well. But it's nothing I haven't said before. It gets my point across when I'm confronted with those that disagree with me on this subject. But let me ask you, pre-trib, mid-trib, or post-trib? Pre-trib, 99.99%. 
Yeah. And, and my response when, when someone wants to argue with me on it and think, they think I'm wrong, I say, well, you can stay if you want to, but I'm planning on going out on the first load. <laughs> you know? Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, it's, it's interesting when you talk to people. Uh, obviously, there's the what's called the pre-wrath view and the mid-tribulation view mm-hmm. and, of course, the post-trib after the tribulation view. And many of them seem passionate about wanting to die as a martyr for the Lord Jesus Christ. And I tell them, you know, you don't have to wait for the tribulation to do that. Just go to Iran, stand on the street corner, and start preaching, and you will know martyrdom. And and you will see the Lord very soon. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Now, tell us why you think pre-trib is what's indicated in the Bible. Why do I believe that pre-trib is indicated in the Bible? I know this might take two, three hours, but we'll summarize it. Okay, yeah, I mean, that's a totally, <laughs> totally different topic than what we had wanted to talk about, but yeah. that's fine. That's We're fine. I, I firmly believe that the rapture is a pre-trib rapture. Matter of fact, if you go to our website at uh, ChristinProphecy.org, I have an article called Why I Believe in a Pre-trib mm-hmm. Rapture. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting Amen. that uh, I guess it's making the rounds so much, so much so that uh, a major author just published a book, and he spent part of a chapter trying to refute that article that I have on our wow. website. Michael Brown, God bless him, I love his writings, mm-hmm. but he is a mm-hmm. post-tribulation uh, yeah. rapture believer. Yeah. Uh, for one, I believe that the Bible is the Word of God. It, it's what God has given us. He gave 31% of the Bible to dedicated to Bible prophecy, which means that God wants us to know about the future, and He wants us not to fear the future. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ, you're saved, your sins are forgiven, you are promised not to have to endure the wrath of God. And Now, we interpret the wrath of God not just meaning uh, judgments that happen on nations and things, but a the Bible talks about the day of the Lord. It's a literal seven-year time period where God will, like the flood, pour out his wrath upon the world for its sins. And we believe that Jesus Christ has promised us, the Church, that we are exempt from the wrath of God. Mm -hmm. In other words, we do not have to endure it. We will endure little t tribulations, obviously from man and from uh, Satan, but we're never meant to endure the big tribulation, God's wrath. And you can find that in verses like 1 Thessalonians 1.10 and 5.9, especially Revelation 3.10 is a major verse that says that, that the Church is not destined to endure the wrath of God. And that goes with God's character. Uh, not only is God not beat up on his bride, the Church, so to speak, but we have historic examples as well. We have Enoch, who was raptured before the flood. Uh, we have Elijah, who was uh, taken up to heaven. Uh, we have uh, Noah, who was removed from the flood waters and taken out. So there are historic precedent for God removing his faithful before he pours out his wrath. Yeah, amen, amen. And by removing the faithful, it's also a testimony against those who are left behind to, you know, let's, you know, this is your chance before things happen. And, and you know, there'll be still people born again while the tribulation's going on. They won't be... Uh, born again, you know, to get raptured out, as you mentioned earlier, they probably end up getting martyred because they'll refuse to recant their faith. Uh, But that's the whole point is, wow, what those Christians said really happened. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I think that when you read Revelation and it talks about the multitudes from every tribe, tongue, nation, and people standing before the throne of God on the Crystal Sea, and they are people who will die for their faith during the tribulation. They are people who were left behind, 
but then accepted Jesus Christ because, like one, like you said, they saw the rapture of the Church. Two, there was the judgments of God, which led them to believe that God is real and Jesus is His Son. God's going to leave two witnesses who, mm-hmm. for the first half of the Tribulation, will preach the Gospel. There's the 144,000 Jewish evangelists, which will be like 144,000 Apostle Pauls running around preaching the Gospel, and even a Gospel angel who will travel around the world and make sure that every yeah. single person has been given the Gospel. So the Church isn't necessary to be in the Tribulation because God has provided all those witnesses for him during those seven years. And you have an area on your website called Left Behind, uh, because uh, obviously uh, you believe that when this happens, people will be like, oh, let's see what I can find out about what just happened, and there's going to be that little tab there say, were you left behind? Yeah, that is one of our beliefs here at this ministry, that we will reach more people for Jesus Christ after the rapture <laughs> than we are before the rapture. Uh, you know, you probably know, Pastor Bob, that there's, there's rather an apathy going on. You know, once the oh, left-behind yeah. craze of the yeah. 90s and early yeah. 2000s ended, a lot of people felt kind of betrayed because it didn't happen as fast as they wanted it to mm-hmm. for the return of Christ, and now churches are pretty much dead set against teaching about a pre-trib yeah. rapture. And yeah. so there's not a lot of excitement about it at this time, but we believe after the rapture, oh yes, that the materials that we leave online, the videos and the websites and articles and stuff like that, will reach more people for Jesus after the rapture than before, at least until the Antichrist uh, starts turning everything off. Right, yeah, amen, amen. And I know from your program and from the many guests you've had on that the main indicator that leads up to the to understand that we are living in the days that are leading up to the return of Jesus is convergence. Can you explain what that means to our audience? Well, certainly. Uh, God didn't want us to just all of a sudden be surprised. You know, for the unbeliever, yes, uh, the Bible says that they will be surprised when all these things happen, but not for the believer. Paul says that, that we have been given these signs so that we're not walking in the dark, we're walking in the light. We can see what's going on. And Jesus, in Matthew 24, and in parallel Luke 21 and Mark 13, provided ten signs of the end times that point to his soon return. And they would... In- these signs, although they would exist throughout church history, the closer we got to Jesus' return would increase in frequency and intensity, rather and he compared it to birth pains. You yeah. know, uh, I, my wife had three children. I, I don't physically know what birth pains are like, but you can watch the birth pains. They start contractions start out slow and far apart, and then they get more intense and closer and closer until the baby finally comes. And Jesus made that comparison, saying, okay, when you see a proliferation of false prophets, when you see an increase in earthquakes, when you increase in natural disasters, signs in the sky, famines, and all these different things, as they increase more and more, it's leading up to the return of Jesus Christ. And the number one sign would be that the world's focus would be on Israel, would be on Jerusalem. Now, when you say convergence, uh, as we explained, that the, all these signs together, not just one of the categories, but all of the categories combining together point to the fact they're converging on the fact that Jesus Christ is about to return soon. Amen. And, you know, the rapture and all that couldn't have happened 100 years ago simply because Israel didn't exist. Uh, and, and everything in the Bible as far as the end days is centered around Israel, correct? 
Absolutely. Now, the rapture is an imminent event. Jesus said that you have mm-hmm. to stand, watch, uh, be ready, prepare. You don't know when it's going to come. We, we, nothing has to happen for it. It could have happened 100 years ago yeah. without Israel forming. But, see, this is where people get confused. When they combine the rapture and the second coming as one event, then the signs don't make much sense. But when you look at the two descriptions, when you look at the verses like 1 Thessalonians 4 and 1 Corinthians 15 and John 14 that talk about the rapture, and you compare it with the, the verses Matthew 24 and Revelation 19, which talk about the second coming, you realize that Jesus' return is actually coming in two stages. First, the rapture of the Church before the seven-year tribulation, where he takes the saints off this earth and up to heaven, And then we read in Revelation 19 and 20 how Jesus returns to the earth with the saints, and then he defeats the Antichrist, Satan, the false prophet and all, and sets up his kingdom. So it's a return, a second coming in two phases. Amen. Amen. Uh, Nathan, sometimes people uh, aren't able to listen all the way through to the program, so could you real quick give us your contact information if someone wanted to reach out to you, ask a question or something like that? Absolutely. Our URL of our website is after named after our TV show, ChristInProphecy.org. Amen. Amen. And the contact information is on there? Yes, sir. Just click the contact okay. button and uh, you'll reach directly to me. Hey, everyone. Pastor Bob here. We are all out of time for today's episode with our interview with Nathan Jones. Uh, He's going to be coming back tomorrow to finish the interview, so I highly recommend you put it on your schedule to to catch it when we release it, because he is giving us some value bombs here. Uh, Nathan is the co-host of Christ and Prophecy, the weekly television program with uh, Dr. David Reagan that teaches us about the soon return of Jesus Christ. And you can tell he is an expert on this topic. He has so much content. I wish I could just talk to him for hours. Uh, He's just so full and I'm just soaking it up like a sponge, as I hope you are as well. Now, Tomorrow we're going to be jumping off into the interview and more or less uh, carrying it all the way through. We're going to be talking about the converging signs of the end times. And that's, that's really what shows us that the soon return of Jesus is happening now. I mean, we have entered that area because instead of just having things happen piecemeal, it is all coming together rapidly, just like Jesus taught Uh, The birth pangs, you know, they start slow, but they begin to increase in frequency and increase in intensity. And that is exactly what we see going on right now. Now, I put Nathan's contact information down below in the show notes. You need to get a hold of him. You need to reach out to Christ and Prophecy. You need to get some of these resources they have on their website because it is awesome. And again, I cannot recommend Nathan's book uh, enough about uh, the 12 Faith Journeys of the Apostles. That is a resource that I use all of the time when I'm preparing messages that have something to do with the apostles. So go down in the show notes, click on these links, order the resources, get in touch with Nathan, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Till then, this is Pastor Bob reminding you, be blessed in all that you do.